0: Hey, Rafer. Yes, Kristen. Have you ever wanted to be an astronaut?
1: Not once. Not once ever have but, I wanted to be an astronaut. I know but, I know you think because I'm a boy, at some point I would want to have been a firefighter or an astronaut or something or a cowboy. Um, I never wanted to be an astronaut. Never? No. Did Ladies you? Ladies
0: love astronauts, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's what I hear. <laughs> that's what I hear. Film critics, not so much. But... Uh, yeah, have you? I, what, did you?
0: Well, there was on the one hand, I thought, oh my gosh, it'd be amazing to be an astronaut. But even as a little kid, in my mind, I I somehow had this scenario set up in my head that you could just float off and die out
1: there. Yeah, because no, nothing was,
0: would hold you. That, there's no gravity.
1: Right. Right. Well, yeah. And oh, there's,
0: and, I just said gravity.
1: Oh, oh. <laughs> that's why we're talking about all this space stuff. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I I never wanted to be. I never wanted to be anywhere. Um that was not uh, uh, uh naturally and abundantly producing oxygen i didn't want i didn't want to be in that situation so you're not personally. a water person either not really a water person no neither am i i'm kind of an indoor cat
0: high five i love ground <laughs> i like earth too ground is awesome the old
1: terra firma <laughs> Well, of course, yes, we are talking about all this uh, because uh, the big release, the big talker this week is Gravity, uh, the, what would you call this, the deep space thriller with uh, George Clooney and Sandra Bullock as astronauts simply lost in space. Uh, We're going to talk about that and we're going to do our, uh, our latest edition of Speed Date with 10 movies in 10 minutes. All that and more coming up, but first... Let's introduce ourselves. I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday.
0: And I'm Kristen Meinzer, producer for The Takeaway. And this is Movie Date.
1: Gravity is working against me. Okay, so we're going to do 10 movies in 10 minutes, uh, just to start off. That'll be our that'll be our warm-up.
0: Yay, speed date. Speed date. And all of these movies are still in the theaters right now. These are late summer, early fall releases. If they're not in the theater, they're at least on VOD. That's right. And a lot of these movies were requested by you, our wonderful
1: listeners. Some of these movies were not requested by you, our listeners, but we're going to review them anyway. <laughs> um, we're going to list them all. Runner, Runner. A single shot. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs two, baggage claim, Battle of the Year, Lynn sanity, Parkland, jutopia, drinking buddies, and enough said. So we're going to play you, uh, play the clips, set the mood, set the tone, and then we're going to jump in.: And we only have one
0: minute for each film,
1: right. Speed date. Welcome aboard. This is the house. I never in a million years thought I'd have something like this. Most problems aren't as bad as they seem. You got to deal with them before people get backed into corners. Earl, we need your help. Swallow Falls is overrun with deadly food monsters. Why is it so hard to find the right guy? Well, if what you need is a man, honey, I can get you one of those. I need two captains.
0: Pick your teams. In the beginning, they weren't sure how long I could play basketball. They were just... Going to ride it out and have fun with it as long as we could. Now the filming that camera is the only way we have to know what happened out here today. You understand that?
1: I told you to let me get to the altar. Look at me for 15 seconds. Let the tension build
0: and then slowly pull my veil back.
1: You've obviously got a lot of love. So that's there. Some people don't. Some people are snakes. Well, I was kind of raised like a veal. I was put in a dark room and fed and told not to move. Movie number one. Runner, Runner. This is the movie with Justin Timberlake, Ben Affleck. Uh, Justin is playing a Princeton graduate whiz kid, online gambler, gets swindled by Ivan Block. He goes to work for Ivan Block and essentially becomes him in that way that you do when you've got a a ruthless mentor who's taken you under his wing. If this sounds like the plot of Wall Street... It is. It brings nothing new to the table. It's kind of Wall Street meets the social network, partly because it has Justin Timberlake in it, but also because everyone's on laptops and they've got thumb drives. Big deal. I thought this movie was really boring, not very good. It falls apart at the end. The only thing that's kind of fun about it is Ben Affleck playing a villain. Well, he plays a villain. You don't see Ben Affleck get to do that. And, you know, he has some good lines. He's kind of fun. Aside from that, Pretty, pretty, pretty bad date. I gotta wow. say. Wow!
0: Rarely do we hear that Ben Affleck is the highlight of a movie for his acting. Wow! All, All right, right, let's move it. on to the next movie, A Single Shot, starring Sam Rockwell. Do you know about this movie, Rafer? A little bit. This is one of those movies that's poor. It's rural. It's a little winter's bone. You have dark leaves in the fall. You have dark skies. You have birds flying by. The first several minutes of the movie—about 15 minutes of it—there's not even dialogue. So we wow. see poor, desolate. West Virginia. We have a hunter, and in a single shot, he kind of changes his life for the worst. He accidentally shoots a woman. He tracks down the shed she's been staying in. There's thousands of dollars in there. He decides to take the money. One decision leads to another bad decision, leads to another bad decision. And how is he going to get out of this? Who is going to help him? Who's actually going to try and ruin his life over this? It's one of those movies that sounds scary and tense, but I do have to say, unfortunately, it's slow. It's slow, slow, slow. Sam Rockwell's acting is outstanding, but it's
1: so slow. Well, that's kind of a bummer because I do do really love Sam Rockwell. Um, But, you know, he does do a lot of these kind of indie films where he's the best thing in the movie, right? And
0: he definitely is the best thing in this movie, (laughs) but... Bad date. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs now.
1: All right. As you know, this is based, of course, the sequel to the movie that was based on the children's book, the food based children's book. Um, I didn't think they could get away with it on that first movie. It actually was quite charming. I think partly because Bill Hader, who plays a young inventor, is very likable. Uh, and this, I should say, this is a voice cast, it's an animated film. Anna Ferris played the voice of the Weather Girl, Sam Sparks. I thought she brought a lot to the table. Oh, I love her. Yeah. And I actually really enjoyed this movie. The people who made that first movie are now gone. It's a bunch of other people in their place. And although Hayter and Ferris are still in it, what you now have is a lot of noise, yelling, slapstick, pop music, and of course – Poop and fart jokes. And I get so sick of this. I get so tired of this in children's movies. I don't understand why you want to take (laughs) your child to a movie and expose him to more fart jokes. He's already getting plenty of that on the playground. Don't pay for it. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Bad date. Bad date.
0: (laughs) All right. So let's do Baggage Claim. Baggage Claim, as you know, was a movie I was looking forward to all year. Yes, This is about a flight attendant played by Paula Patton out there looking for love. Now, she set up a timeline for herself. Her sister's about to get married in 30 days, and she wants to use those 30 days to find a boyfriend to bring to the wedding, to show up and please her mother or... Not even please her mother to get her mother off her back. Her mother's always pestering her like, why aren't you married? Why aren't you married? Her friends come up with this wacky idea of we can track down which of your ex-boyfriends are on the flights of any flight that you're on all the time because we have all these friends who work in the airline industry. It's a bit
1: NSA, isn't it? it? It's it's a
0: little bit, (laughs) yeah. It's like stalking all of our exes. And so you know what? She does that, but in the end, does she find a boyfriend or does she find herself? I don't want to tell you. Oh, I will say it's all formulaic. You got the gay best friend, sassy best friend who's oversexed. That's Adam.
1: Adam Brody plays the gay best friend. Oh yeah,
0: I mean you have every sort of formulaic thing you can expect, and yet Paula Patton is so charming. The actors are so charming that even despite all of the problems, won me over in the end.
1: Good date. No kidding. I bet not, Kristen. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll do, I'll take uh, Battle of the Year. Um, this was this is a dance film uh, based actually on a documentary called Planet B-Boy, all about a breakdancing competition. Battle of the Year is an actual breakdancing competition. What? That, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was
0: hoping it was people who battle in the streets by dancing. No,
1: no, no. It's a Battle of the Year is an actual breakdancing competition that takes place weirdly every year in France. Um, and so USA wants to send its best team. And so who do they hire? Except the drunken, sad sack former basketball coach who has to bring the team <laughs> together. <laughs> yes, coach? and he's played what? by uh, he's played by Josh Holloway, the guy from Lost, looking exactly like Sawyer from Lost. And here's my here's the thing with this film.
0: You a white guy who plays basketball to teach a bunch of kids how to. It's
1: it's Hoosiers, you know, meets Beat Street, and it's just it's awful. And here's why: there's not very much freaking dancing. Where's the dancing? I don't care about basketball coach. I want more (laughs) dancing
0: say? Bad date. Bad date. Bad date. All right. And next movie. Let's talk about Sanity. You love this. You
1: love uh, I love love
0: Jeremy Lynn. Oh my gosh. Do you remember a year and a half ago when he was all the rage? Yes. All of New York was infatuated with Jeremy Lynn. Actually, much of the country. Even if you didn't like basketball, you couldn't help but love this guy's story. He was overlooked. A lot of people were just not wanting to admit it, but there was some racial profiling going on there. Mm. Nobody really thought of this Asian kid being a huge basketball star. But once he had his chance, the Knicks put him out there. He just did great. He he was getting 20-plus points a game. People were astounded by him. However, here's the issue. His story is outstanding, but now that it's over a year and a half old and now that he has just settled into his job with the Houston Rockets – Nobody really cares. And everything we've
1: seen in the movie we've kind of seen before. So yeah.
0: unfortunately, that makes it kind of a mediocre date.
1: Are they exposing anything, telling us anything new, any dirty secrets of of, no, of Jeremy Lynn?
0: No dirty secrets. Anything? Yeah. Anybody who's seen the Sports Center, anybody who's seen anything on TV about him, this is pretty much like a clip show of every bi- biographical thing we've ever seen of Jeremy Lynn. Mediocre date.
1: Mediocre date. That's too bad. Okay. Um... Let's switch gears and we'll talk about uh, Parkland. Um, also a well-covered, uh, a well-covered story. This is about the assassination of John F. Kennedy. I've heard of him. You've heard of this story. You know this story. This happened even longer ago than Jeremy Lin. Um, this is told, though, from the point of view of many of the – some central, mostly peripheral players, people like Abraham Zapruder, uh, played by uh, Paul Giamatti. He took the famous Zapruder footage uh, of the actual assassin. Um, Marsha Gay Harden plays a nurse. Zach Efron plays a doctor. Billy Bob Thornton is a secret service agent. Um, very large and very good cast. It's interesting. Um, it lacks a little bit of a narrative arc because it kind of sticks to the facts so well. But that's also its strong point, I would say. Um, a lot of really interesting details, little details I didn't know. Really? You know, Jackie places her her wedding ring on her husband's finger. Oh, You know, little things like that that are, that are kind of good. It also does a good job of giving you a glimpse into the Oswald family and what this crime did to them. And wow. I, I liked that about this movie. So
0: good date. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next movie. We've um, talked about this a little bit on our Facebook page for movie date. Jewtopia. Yes. And if you've seen the trailer, it looks like a parody of a trailer for a parody movie. It doesn't even look like this can be a real movie. It's about a guy who decides at some point in his life he's not a Jew. He decides that he just wants a Jewish wife because if you're married to a Jewish woman, you never have to make another decision again because a Jewish woman is such a take charge, bossy kind of gal. She'll tell you what to do, she'll be the loudest gal in the room. You never have to do anything again. That's so, not
1: an offensive stereotype. That's not offensive
0: at all. No. no. So this movie, which has um, a lot of stars who you'd recognize, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Rita Wilson, Cameron oh. Mannheim, John Lovitz, it's star-packed in kind of a sealess celebrity way. And <laughs> it's, it's one of those movies that's kind of trying to be post-racial. If we make fun of ourselves, if we make fun of everybody else, we'll all be on the same page. We have a heart. But mostly it's offensive And not just offensive, but even worse, it's not funny. That is worse. (laughs) Much worse than the offensive, not funny. Bad date, I'm sorry to say. Oh,
1: bummer. Okay. Uh, So we've got two movies next that you and I have both seen. Uh, And the first is Drinking Buddies. So this is a uh, a mumblecore movie, I guess you could say. Uh, Olivia Wilde, Jake Johnson, Ron Livingston, Anna Kendrick. Um, It all takes place... Most of them, uh, these characters work in a microbrewery, and uh, it's basically about the relationship between Olivia Wilde and Jake Johnson, who are coworkers. And are they friends? Are they something more? They're not quite sure. You know, I hate movies about microbrew, and in this one, they're actually working in one. I have to say, I loved it. What? charming, no! honest, you realistic. Have to be kidding me. Excellent. This is you? one of the
0: worst movies I've seen this what? year. Absolutely nothing happens. All they do is embrace all the tropes of hipster boringness. Look, I'm riding a bike. Look, I wear an ironic (laughs) T-shirt. Look, I have a beard. Do you like my beard? Here, let's drink beer. They actually have a conversation of who has a better beard at one point. This is one of the most boring, nothing-happening movies where there's just a checklist of things they're supposed to list off because they're 30-something white hipsters. Bad date. Great date.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's go for the grown-up version. Enough said uh, with Julia uh, Louis-Dreyfus and James Gandolfini. Uh, They are playing a couple who... They meet at a party. Uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus is a masseuse. She also, at the same time, uh, picks up a uh, a new customer. She's listening to this new customer badmouth her ex. She's listening to her new boyfriend badmouth his ex. Turns out they're both they used to be they used to be married. Now what does she do? Um, I loved this movie. I, thought, I loved
0: it too. You did? Oh my gosh, Reefer. I'm great, so glad we can agree on this. Great
1: performances in this. Um, be- beautifully, beautifully done. Especially Julia Louis Dreyfus.
0: So funny, so nuanced, nothing's over the top. All of it has a great sense of heart to it, too. Yes. You can really tell that the movie doesn't hate any of its characters. It's not mean to its characters, which I find unusual because yeah. Nicole
1: Offer... pull of like, center, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah
0: I, I, sometimes I feel with her movies she kind of doesn't like her characters, and it's hard for me to watch a lot of her movies. In this movie, not so. She yeah. really seems to have compassion for them, to know that they're frail, to know their mistakes, and to say that's okay, and we're going to show that. Good date, yeah, really good date. Really
1: good date, and of course, it's one of the last perform- uh, performances by James Gandolfini, so worth seeing for there, for that as well. Um, all right, so we went over by a few seconds, I'm sure, but that <laughs> but was for pretty the good. Most
0: part. Ten movies in ten minutes, high five, Rafer. High five. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's get to the big main course here. Let's, let's do it. Let's let's talk about gravity. Houston, explore a coffee. Explore, Doctor Stone, requesting faster transport to Bay Area. Explore, do you copy? Explore, permission to retrieve Dr. Stone? Here go, Block. Houston,
1: explore, copy. All right.
0: We lost Houston. Ooh, rafer. Lost in space? Yes. And And there we just heard it? Disaster in
1: space. Houston, they have a problem.
0: So many problems. So many problems.
1: (laughs) Kristen, give us give us the brief summary because this really is one of the briefest of summaries.
0: (laughs) You just have two characters. You have Dr. Ryan Stone, who is a researcher on her first mission, and then we have George Clooney, who's playing this other astronaut, kind of a seasoned one, Kowalski. And they're off in space together. They're on their craft. And while all that's happening, the Russians have decided, always the Russians, it's just damn the Russians. Russians. The Russians have decided um, at the same time that they are going to destroy one of their satellites. They do that, but then a whole kind of asteroid storm is created by... Uh, yeah, a debris storm. A, a debris d- a storm. Traveling,
1: orbiting debris shower, basically. Yeah,
0: and so we never see the Russians. We don't see anything else like that. We just see these two astronauts dealing with this, hearing in their headsets, in their helmets, Ed Harris telling them... That's right. ...hey, you guys have got to abort this mission. Right. Get on the spacecraft, come back to Earth.
1: You don't see Ed Harris. He's just, he's the voice of Houston. You just,
0: yeah, if you know Ed Harris's voice, you know that that's Ed Harris. Yeah. <laughs> so how are they going to get back? Well... This debris storm's coming toward them. The debris storm has now ruined their ship. What are they going to do? They're untethered. They're floating in space. They are our worst nightmares, Rafer, based on our space
1: fears. Limited oxygen. The oxygen tanks are dropping steadily. How are they going to get back to Earth? And
0: this is a 90-minute movie of just how do they get back to Earth? Just
1: the two actors. That's right. Uh, So
0: let's talk about it, Rafer.
1: Well, Kristen, what did you... What did you think of this movie? I mean, this has been one of the big talkers for about uh, a month and a half now, at least. Um, and there was so little to be said about the plot that you know it created this sense of mystery, um, kind of inadvertently, I think. Um, you know, I think I, I kept thinking that uh, you know that Warner Brothers was kind of sitting on something and not telling me something, but I think it just turns out there just wasn't that much to tell. No, it's a
0: one sentence plot, pretty yep. much.
1: that is it. Yep. Two astronauts lost in lost space. Lost in space. How
0: will they? How will they survive? How will they get back to Earth? So. What we have here is something that is a mostly CGI movie. Yeah. And that can be a real problem or it can be a real opportunity, as we like to say. Right. And in this case, it was an opportunity. A full, complete, beautiful world is created. It's visually spectacular and it's physically spectacular. I actually physically felt as if I was in the space. The way the camera moves around the space, the way the CGI works, I felt simultaneously like I was swimming and I was floating and a little bit motion sick at some points. You could tell that some people in the theater were getting motion sick in my screening. And it's just unbelievably immersive. So I, I just I couldn't believe how beautiful it was. I would say that one of the issues with the movie is some people wouldn't see this as an issue. It's trying to do two things. It's trying to be a Hollywood blockbuster. It's trying to be Arty and smart, and do something different at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. I would
1: say it mostly succeeds at that. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree with everything that you're saying. Um, I think it works marvelously. I think it is, it's it's, it's so visually stunning. It's so beautiful and so well executed. Um, Al- Alfonso Cuarón is the director. He did Children of Men. Mm-hmm. Um, he co-wrote he uh, with his son. Uh, he uh, co-edited. Uh, I can't remember if he's involved in the sound, but the sound is spectacular everything about this movie is spectacular except i think there's a little there's a little something lacking in the in the emotional quality of the film and the thematic quality of the mm. film, to I th- me,
0: I think one of the things you might be referring to, Rayford, there's a little bit of a formulaic backstory. Yes. that's used as
1: an emotional arc. That's yeah, an, an emotional and a bit of an emotional crutch, I would say. Mm. I, I, I understand you have to have this. You can't just have two people in a film that you know zero about, um, because then it would be a foreign film. But uh, <laughs> but you can't just have these two people that that you just that that are just ciphers. You have to give them you have to you have to you have to invest the audience in them and make them care you have to make them care about their survival um, that backstory didn 't do it for me um, and I think that prevented Sandra Bullock in particular from finding the the depth in that character because there isn 't that much there to the character um, that left me a little cold I liked the um some of the visual symbolism. There's a lot of. Uh, there are definite, clear nods to 2001. Mm. You've got these images of birth and evolution. Um, but again, I've seen those in 2001, <laughs> and they didn't quite add up to anything. I, I understand why they're there. We all we we all now know that when we venture out into space, we all start thinking deep thoughts. <laughs> but I, I I didn't really get. The connection there, and so the those two nagging things left me just just they just left me a little bit short of calling it a masterpiece, which it really almost is. I mean, mm. I mean, there's no doubt about it that this is a great date. I mean, it's, you it's a fantastic date. You have to see this film. Yeah, there's no absolutely. doubt.
0: Absolutely, please, please, please see this and. I'm going to agree with you on your points, Rafer, about, you know, like like I said, I totally knew you were going to mention that emotional arc and that kind of cliched backstory and so on. And you were going to mention that. And I also thought you were going to mention that the music sometimes is – it's really telling us how to feel sometimes. Yes. Sometimes the, the music is a little bit much. I'm
1: glad you pointed that out. I felt the same thing. You know, I kind of forgot about that uh, a little bit when I was writing my review. But you are right. I noticed that when I was in the screening that I, that the music uh, was pretty it, – it definitely, it definitely grabs you by the shoulders and shakes you a lot. Um, <laughs> you know? And I think
0: one reason they're relying on the music is because a lot of the times you have – Two or sometimes just one actor on screen for a long time without right. dialogue, right? And so they're thinking, oh, well, we're showing you a lot, but we better have some music to tell you something too, and, right? Um,
1: it's I, funny. I, th- I think. I mean, I think that, that this this when this movie was first, you know, when the, when talk of this movie first came out, obviously everyone was talking about you know Bullock and Clooney, Bullock and Clooney, you know, together, you know, in in one big giant Warner Brothers, you know, spectacular film, but clearly the the star of this movie is the filmmaking. It's the effects. Mm. It's the photography. Yeah. Um, the the big uh, if you if you out there have been reading on this the the big talker of this movie is the 13 minute continuous opening shot. Um, which, and a
0: lot of that's leaked online. If you want to watch some of it online, uh-huh, just to get yeah. an idea of it.
1: Yeah, and it's it's it is it is extraordinary. It's extraordinary that it unfolds and 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 in fact it, there there I finally I was sitting in the in the in the screening and there came a part where it switched perspectives there was a cut and i all of a sudden i just thought well wait was that all one have i been sitting here for like 15 minutes was that all one shot and of course I had to go back and check it out and yeah it was true uh, I think originally it was going to be 17 oh wow um,
0: and I have to it, say Rayford, I told you this already but I'll say it again I didn't even realize that was right. a single shot I <laughs> right. just felt I was in space
1: right which speaks to the which speaks to the quality of the of the filmmaking and the skill of the of of, of Alfonso Cuaron it's it is incredible um, you know I mean it's definitely a great date uh, I think it, it it's it just it stopped short from having you know from having me like standing up and cheering which you know I would have wanted to do. Do you know what I'm
0: saying? Yeah. You were kind of crouching and clapping, not standing and cheering. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I exactly. thought it was a I thought it was a really great date though. Okay. I I really, so we really agree. enjoyed it. And one last thing I just want to say about the physicality of the space, the visual sense of the space. When I left there, I actually was walking kind of funny. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh-huh. I <laughs> because said, I, I felt yeah. like my
0: relationship with gravity had changed from being in this movie. That's yeah. how immersive it was, which I I know sounds Outlandish, but it actually is true.
1: Yeah, no, you 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 will you will feel it. Um, I, uh, also, we should say this is in uh, both IMAX and 3D. Personally, I found the 3D distracting in this movie. Uh, usually, usually I tune it out. Mm-hmm. In this movie, I found it a little bit actually distracting at moments where I really, really would have rather not been concentrating on it. Um, but I would say it is definitely worth seeing in IMAX if you can do it. Oh,
0: it's fantastic!
1: Yeah, it's fantastic.
0: Great date. Oh, I'm glad we agreed on that yeah, one too. I am too. That's I am great. too. All right, so before we go, we have a few announcements to make. Yeah. And then, of course, we always have trivia. So the first announcement I want to make, I just want to do a big shout out to womeninpodcasting.org. They've decided to list us on their website. Yeah. Which is a great honor. And, um, Ray, for you and I have talked about this before. I don't know if we've talked about it much in the podcast, but most podcasts don't have women.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: It, it's kind of shocking um, on the Stitcher feed over 70% of the podcasts have no women in them. Yeah, it's,
1: it's interesting because you see women often uh, see and hear women on radio, I think, and television. Um, I mean they're they are they are co-hosts and hosts and sidekicks and you know, or the the view. I mean, you you know what I mean? <laughs> there, there are there are they're everywhere, but it is odd that podcasts that this one little niche in the media has somehow they – either they they've either – they've been excluded or they're not interested or something. I don't but know what it is. But it's not
0: just podcasting, Rafer. In movie criticism world in general, print, podcasting, oh, well, everything that, yeah. else. I mean
1: – That's true, too. Rotten
0: Tomatoes, if you look on there, over 80% of their critics are men. Yeah,
1: that's and true, that's too. And that's a
0: statistic that they don't hide. It's just out there. It's just right. the fact of the matter. Over 80% of film critics' men and – over seventy percent of podcasters men. So right. um, thank you to women in podcasting yeah, for recognizing you. us. We really appreciate that. That's great. And what's our other big announcement, Rafer?
1: So our other big announcement is our first live Woo-hoo! event. Yay! And you are invited. I know we have listeners that are in, you know, places like Melbourne and Scotland and <laughs> Arizona. Um, but some of you are in, you know, like Long Island and New Jersey and Brooklyn, you could, you could come to this. Um, it's going to be Sunday, October 27th at the Pacific Standard Bar in Park Slope, Brooklyn. Um, we're going to be co-hosting a Halloween-themed trivia night. So we're going to have questions about movies, ghouls, ghosts, scary stuff, haunted houses. Um, it's from 8 p.m. To 9.30 p.m., we're going to give out some swag. Yes, fabulous prizes. You might go home with a tote bag of some kind. (laughs)
0: For your favorite, you love tote bags.
1: <laughs> Take my tote bag, please, uh, by getting that trivia answer correct. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun. The Pacific Standard Bar is a Berkeley-themed bar. Uh, Berkeley, my, your alma mater, my alma mater, um, and uh, they have a, a, a running, long-running, and pretty hardcore. Trivia Night every Sunday, and so we are going to team up with them and be their, their special guest trivia hosts for for that night.
0: And if you want to find out more about the Pacific Standard Bar, the address, all the details, the other fun events they have, you can log on to PacificStandardBrooklyn.com. And before we go, let's do our trivia.
1: Yes. Uh, Kristen, uh, take last week's trivia. Remind us. So
0: last week, we asked about a certain movie involving... What did you call it? Self-pleasure interruptus? I forgot what you called it. <laughs> what,
1: clever little phrase I came up with, but what we're talking about is masturbation.
0: Yes. And we were talking about how American Pie really made this a central, let's talk about it and laugh about it sort of thing. And right. The movie Don John, which we reviewed last week, has a lot of masturbation Indeed. in it. And we said, you know, there was another movie, though kind of ahead of its time. Depicting masturbation, interrupt us. Here's the clip we played.
1: Stacy, Jimmy Q tips I've got water in my ears. I don't know. Check in the house. Oh, wait just a minute. Didn't anybody
0: knock anymore? We asked you what that movie was. Tons and tons and tons of you <laughs> called and wrote in saying that, saying that this movie was so important to your formative years and. Uh, that you never stopped loving Phoebe Cates because of it, and so on and so on. But uh, here is the first person to call in with the right answer. Hello, this is Robert from Long Island, New York. And I'm calling with the answer to last week's trivia. The uh, trivia answer was Fast Times at Ridgemont High with Judge Reinhold and Phoebe Cates.
1: Have a great
0: day. Robert, thank you so much for calling. Way to go. Really, uh, we have to take our hat off to you. You you got it first, but tons of people really, really have a special place in their heart for that movie. And,
1: of course, one of the reasons that we uh, even thought about that movie is because in, in the new movie Don John, which has Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing a, a porn-addicted fellow, um, the film opens up with a, a brief shot of – various pornographic fantasies, some of them just sort of run-of-the-mill porn taken from online, but one of them, unmistakably, is Phoebe Cates coming out of that pool. Um, and so that, that put the idea in our heads.
0: Um,
1: so, all right. This week, uh, since we were just talking about gravity and we were talking about this, this sure-to-be uh, history-making uh, opening shot, this 13-minute or so opening shot... Um, we're going to ask a, uh, a techie a techie film geek question and here it is uh, Orson Wells for for many many years held the record for the longest opening tracking shot in touch of evil uh, back in 1958 that that opening shot about the planting and exploding of a bomb uh, lasted three minutes and 20 seconds thereabout um, later another movie uh, surpassed that record what 1992 Hollywood satire featured an Eight minute opening tracking shot. If you know, uh, give us a call. Five seven one seven movies. Or log on to Facebook.com slash movie date podcast. For the longest time.